welcome to end of year bullet points. It's the traditional form of bullet points where instead of looking at things that are new, we look at things that are old and tired and boring. Fell out of the discourse uh, two weeks ago. They're trash. They're not hot. Everyone's sitting around their uh, their fireplace, the Yule log, thinking about their cyberpunks and their their Final Fantasy VII's uh, 2020 edition, but not us. We're here. We're holding hands. We're looking back on the year that was. That was 2019. I am, as always, read video game Santa Claus McCarter. I am joined by Bullet Points' newest addition to our beautiful family of two. <laughs> that is you and I, Yusuf Cole. What's up, Reed? Yusuf, how you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. I'm excited um, to record this cast with you. Uh, that's good. It's good because every year around this time, I get to thinking, I get to reflecting on everything that was and everything that could have been. And, you know, th- this is a time to gather our thoughts, to to really crystallize. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> we're, also, <laughs> we're also joined by... <laughs> Staff writer Ekotaku Ethan Gatch are always comes by for the holidays. Ethan, how are you? I'm great. I'm so delayed to be here. I'm only ever on one podcast every year, and I make sure it's this one. You're always gracious enough to have me, and I'm so excited to be in the illustrious company this time of uh, new editor Yusuf, whose work I've been admiring for for years. Ah, oh, thanks, Ethan. Uh. Yeah, Yusuf's pretty good, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ethan, that's... You know, you're like the uh, the cousin who, you know, you, you like well enough. But you see them once a year, and <laughs> that does the trick, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> cousin, cousin Ethan comes on by. You only have with, one uh, event worth of conversations to, to have. <laughs> you can't have a multiple... Uh, conversation with with Ethan. He packs it all into one no, that's, end of the year. I gotta podcast. save the nuggets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's only so many you can give out, and uh, I'm saving them up. Smart move. Well, that's not even that's not even true though, because we could have had you on for Anthem. Remember? Yeah, but but you didn't. So yeah, because <laughs> you, it turns out you run a month of articles. You play Anthem. You write about Anthem. You edit articles about anthem and then you don't really want to talk about anthem anymore you know i guess i guess so why what you want to turn this into an anthem podcast <laughs> you said you played anthem. <laughs> not to play anthem you could probably i wouldn't i don't just, think i would like it probably it. just as it's no not... you so, some might even say it's one of the worst <laughs> games of the year hmm Ooh. well that's that's an excellent segue so <laughs> as we've done for the last few years uh god only knows how many now uh we're gonna do sort of each of our best of worst of of the year uh try to pick one thing that we think is remarkable for being good or bad um so we'll just go around and kind of do that and i think that you know people are really they they wring their hands about what's the point of highlighting the worst things I think it's maybe as interesting as highlighting the best things sometimes. You know? 
Sure. Just sort of, sort of see what you got. Plus, it's so maybe fun. it is fun. And let us have a little fun. It's the holidays. Exactly. You know, if I have to play the thing, let me have an opinion. <laughs> uh, Yusuf, do you want to start? Why don't we start with? Hmm. What's better, good news or bad news first? Definitely, definitely bad news. Start with start with the worst. Oh. Yeah, let's end on a positive note. Oh, let's go I into like twenty twenty. Mm. Heads held high. Yusuf, do you want to go first then? Sure. <clears throat> Sorry, Ethan. What were you going to say? I was going to say, usually the way it goes is you start on the low note of your least favorite or the games that are the worst, and then by the time you're done talking about the games that are the best, all you're doing is talking about how terrible they are. That's a good point. But I'm sorry. <laughs> Yusuf, continue. No, I mean, it's good. You're right. But we're, you know, we're a critical bunch. So it's ne- it's natural that that would happen. But it's, it's exactly. good thing to keep in mind going forward. I will try and be positive at the end. We'll see. I have no, no promises, though. <laughs> it is a Monday evening. It's true. It's early, too, early, too early in the week for optimism. That's right. So, yeah. Uh, for my choice, I, I'll caveat it, obviously, by saying that there are... Like, the way I consider a worse game is a game that I played, like, and not a game that I started and was like this sucks and dropped it which like happened mm-hmm. quite a few times like like the first thing that came to my mind was like metro exodus because i just bounced off it really hard and, like i think mm-hmm. it had like promise but also like felt really clunky especially for a console game and i was like i can't with this and it's so big and kind of annoying to play so mm-hmm. i bounced off pretty fast but a game that i did play the entirety of and had a lot of negative feelings about is control and i want to make that my nomination for worst game of 2019 so yusuf you saw i like i can stop your opinion (laughs) in his tracks because you saw that ign the imagine gamers network (laughs) awarded control i don't even know how i know this but they, they said it was the best game, I think because a lot of people are mad. And well, like, no, you know this because uh, there were alleged, well, that's the wrong use of alleged. There were a group of commenters who were angry about them choosing Control, and then everyone uh, on Twitter made sure to point out that it was completely okay that they chose Control. Mm. That's good that there's someone defending. And that's why you knew about it, too, which mm-hmm. is, is a little controversy boost there. And that's, that's how Twitter uh, makes good conversations for your brain. Uh, that are worth paying attention to. Well, Yusuf, don't be so belittling <laughs> of them because I know those were all your accounts that you made. <laughs> the fuck, IGN. <laughs> say, how could you pick that shit? Yeah, I respected you. <laughs> uh, please explain. Um, please. So with Control, the... It's really about frustration for me because um, it's a game with definitely a lot of thought and, and intelligence that goes into it, and I think that is good. Like I, I like the um, the a lot of the writing and the in the in the lore bits. You know, the stuff that doesn't really appear in the game, but the stuff that is mm. like in the pages and the computers and all that. Um, yeah, I think it's some of that stuff is really fun, especially like the. My favorite part was the dead letters because I thought those were really clever. Like when people sending in hoaxes, you know, it just feels like you're 
like l- listening to a Welcome to Night Vale story. I mean, a lot of the whole the whole game feels like you're listening to it. Welcome to Night Vale story, but yeah, um, it's I mean that's fun for a game. The bad fun part is like, or the less fun part is everything else. Like the the act of playing the game feels completely <sighs> arbitrary and like derivative of, of other games that do it better mm. like i mean not that infamous is that great a game but like at least you feel powerful in infamous <laughs> like in control there's so much friction where it takes so long to upgrade things and you're hiding f- from bullets for some reason despite that being able to like telekinetically throw objects around and there were parts where i got there was actually i was able to see what they were going for but i think it just failed to actually to create a game that was uh, that flowed well and on top of that it just didn't make sense to me why it was a game why they made the game the way it was like why is it a shooter like like where's the the horror and the mystery and the kind of the 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 aspects of the game that would I think it had a lot of potential to be something that was like that was a lot more uh, mysterious and creepy and and kind of thought provoking but it's just there's just so much filler in it that it yeah. was just that it felt like it was wasting my time for most of the time playing it so it was just my main yeah my main takeaway is that it was very frustrating to play and i don't really see why it had to why they had to design it the way they did yeah I mean, I I like it. I like that game overall. I think it's it was probably one of my favorites. But I also know exactly what you mean with a lot of stuff. Like it's really sort of it's like kind of a finicky game. And I think maybe like the most damning thing you say is about why is it the way it is? You know, um, there was we did a month on control. And that was before my time, so I didn't read anything about it. Sorry. Yeah. Otherwise, articles. because I didn't edit, I didn't Jeez, edit them. So, so, so you just so unless you're obligated, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to read words unless mm-hmm. I'm obligated yeah. for work. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I think Cameron Kunzelman wrote a good piece that is argues pretty convincingly. Um, for why it's a shooter and then nick capazzoli wrote the piece i think that it was the week before cameron's where he sort of argues closer to what you're saying uh you know his his argument encompasses a lot more but it also kind of touches on like why is this a shooter um and i think they're they both did a really good job of convincing me when i read both of theirs so i, both I great do writers. feel kind of split yeah but like when i think back on that game too i think of like the first hour of it which was maybe the best version of what that game was and then you contrast that with toward the end where it just becomes this like this big shootout constantly and it's like you know i think that game was maybe operating at its best when it's uh, sort of disorienting and unnerving. Like when you hear the, what they call it the hiss or something. When you hear like that muttering, and you're just walking around with just a pistol and like the kind of 
dark sort of um, half-destroyed office. Like, that stuff seems like maybe the closest to what it's trying to do. Yeah, I mean, like, for um, me, that was a good encapsulation of my experience was, like, uh, going into the mirror world. And I was like, oh, this yeah. is awesome. It's so creepy and weird. And I love the backward tape. That shit's great. And then mm-hmm. you just sh- shoot yourself for, like, an hour and hide behind a column <laughs> while they, like, telepathically throw things at you. And it's just, like, it really, you know, it, it's, uh, it feels like one of those things where they just couldn't think of something interesting to do, so they just made it into a shooter. Ethan, what do you think? You reviewed it. I did. It was actually, yeah, it was the last game I reviewed before my parental leave. Um, I, it was funny. I. So what did you enjoy more, reviewing Control (laughs) or your baby? Uh, Definitely my baby. Uh, Actually, I'm going to full disclosure, my baby is Game of the Year. Um, I really, I enjoyed it, and I really liked the mood of the game, and I think there's a lot I definitely agree that it's flawed and it's one of these games where I don't when I think of like the best games of the year it'll probably end up making whatever list I run at Kotaku for me personally but like it's not a game I would champion in a way that there are other games like Dishonored where that I would champion them because it is I I agree completely like it's so it's like the work of the game feels you just feel like you can feel it in every part of it like you can where some games, you know, mask very well the the fact that people uh, worked sometimes incredibly long uh, and even unfair hours to create it. Like this game, I was just revisiting it for the new DLC and like just pausing the game and then going back to trying to run around and like just the way the game chokes every time and the yeah I agree that it's like would would the combat be better if there was a way that you could master it so that you could actually you know, fluidly move through encounters without hiding behind a pillar? Uh, or is it better that you kind of have to do that? And I also, like, I struggle because I think it... So, yeah, I I love the the moments when you're in the hotel and mm-hmm. you're, you're doing this very light puzzle solving in this sort of ambient way in order to progress to the next section of the oldest house. And it does this sort of, like itchio indie game thing where it takes um it, it takes a completely normal situation which is being in a hotel and needing to get into a door and creates this very uh bizarre game logic of what you actually need to do t- in order to accomplish that so whereas you might be playing resident evil 2 and it's like oh i need to get in that office that means i need to find a key it means you know it's like these very it's there's this, this realism of what you're trying to do uh, those parts of the hotel completely subvert that. Um, and at the same time, I feel like if the game were only that, I would have... It would have been almost more work than just shooting through masses of red blobs for, you know, 30 minutes here or there. Like, I don't know, I struggle because it's like, on the one hand, I feel like it's a game that is incredibly... Like, Remedy was like, we're going to make a game that your average person can pick up and get. And they'll be like, oh, this is kind of creepy. That's cool. But also, it's just a shooter, um, and they were upfront uh, recently about you know making it on a pretty small budget relative to maybe the way the game was marketed, and also I'm um, you know coming off of uh, Quantum. What was their their last game? Oh, what was that called? The Quantum uh, Break. The- 
Quantum Break, yeah, the, the which I th uh, Microsoft published. Um, and so I, I, I definitely feel like I'm sure. Uh, is it Sam Lake? He's the writer. Mm -hmm. um, if given, you know, if they had just come off of a big hit and could bankroll their next project, a project in a way that they wanted to, it would have been a much more, I don't want to say difficult, but they would have leaned into those concepts a lot more. Because I do, I do agree that like there's in the first couple hours you have this inkling of this really cool thing and then the rest of the game is just a very regular game but if that if you're sold on those first two hours and that just not even the story because i think that kind of peters off at the end but just the vibe of being in this sort of bureaucratic uh labyrinth um fighting these paranormal things i think that that is enough to sort of propel you through what is otherwise just a very uh you know max pain light shooter yeah, he really relies yeah. on the cone, um, which is, I mean, a lot of gamers do, and and sometimes that's enough. But yeah, it's just the, um, I think it's just the the, the chore of uh, yeah of playing it. it gets in the way of that. Yeah, and I think it's it's maybe a bit bloated for what it's doing. Yeah, it's also you know, like if like they were it's... making it on a smaller budget, why couldn't they make it shorter? Like, why did they need to... I mean, it's not that not super long, but for me, for me, anything over, like, 10 hours is, like, a, a it's, marathon. It's, yeah, it's pretty long. Like, it kind of... It goes. I think it's the, same, it's the same thing you sometimes do with writing, where it's like, oh, this... <laughs> I don't have a whole lot to say here, so I'll stretch it out, and maybe that will somehow make up for my lack of a super big point. Like, I don't know. It's almost like they... Because they didn't have the, the Gears of War or the... I don't know, like the God of War budget, they were like, all right, well, we'll just make it, we'll give those people a 20-hour campaign, and then they can go on Reddit and be like, hey, I got my money's worth. Hmm. I would never do that in writing. <laughs> I've never, I've never written far longer than Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think to. you're famous for writing very short pieces. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I see what you mean, Yusuf. I, obviously like the point of these are not to ever be like no <laughs> you're wrong for liking or disliking something um i wonder too like partially i've i like sam lake's style of writing too like i like the way characters speak uh in the dialogue he writes and he has i think a more recognizable voice than a lot of like you can tell, I know he's not writing everything, but I believe he's like the lead writer, and there there's something about the way he approaches a story, um, and I and I do like that this game finally kind of like I, I like it a lot more than Alan Wake, and I think Remedy has always kind of wanted to play in in the space of kind of shifting reality and. Uh, like all the way back in Max Payne, those dream sequences, and I think they have gotten closest to it, to sort of achieving like a full game, uh, capitalizing on that kind of stuff in this one. But yeah, there are a lot of problems with it, but the tone was enough to kind of get me through. So. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's that, I think it's, it's combined with expectation for me too, where it's like, yeah, they, there's enough intelligence in the in the process of making this game that the it falling short 
is the frustrating thing where it's where mm-hmm. they could have made this game that deserved all the outrageous praise it was getting <laughs> that it's gotten this year in terms of like oh my god this is the game you know um that also just makes you makes me a bit disappointed with the taste of the game's media. Just I think it's really it's testament like, to oh, this game where you do the same thing you do in every other game has a cool package, um, and that's all I need. Like, uh, yeah, it's like I need uh, personally, I need more than that, and that's all the point I'm trying to make in, in kind of like bringing that game up as an example. Uh, yeah, I think it's a testament to the. I don't know, the lacking of the slate of big games this year that people... I, I, I was What I meant to say was when I was reviewing it was um, I definitely was... You know, like it. I totally got the vibe and it was very much like an Ethan game when I was playing it, but there were all these things where I was like, I don't know, this just doesn't like... It, de- it never... There was never the moment where I was like, aha, yes. Like, you know, it hooked me in the beginning, but then there was never like... Uh, I don't know. I don't have a good metaphor here, but yeah, it just uh, it didn't stick the landing um, in like not just the story sense, but just in the sense of like the game just sort of like stretched out into oblivion. Um, and so I was actually shocked when all the other reviews dropped and like everyone was like, "This is amazing," um, because it didn't strike me as being. Yeah, I I'm definitely lean much more to you, Yusuf, and it being a like just obvious that they weren't able to fulfill what they wanted to do and yeah maybe it's just like one of those weird sort of things where it had just enough weirdness and that's really what a lot of people want it's just like give me the same old thing but just make me feel like it's not the same old thing yeah yeah but then yeah like look what happens though too when you get something that well i don't know maybe it's a conversation for later on in this recording but when you get something that's like actually kind of trying to recontextualize some of what you usually do in a video game, like a Death Stranding or something, which even is not that, you know, out there. But in terms of people are like, there's there's no gameplay because you're not shooting stuff constantly. Um, whereas Control, I think, is like, like Yusuf was saying, it's like the same sort of thing with a different wrapper on it. Um Ethan, do you want to talk about what your least favorite thing of the year is? I guess I feel like you already shamed me for it. Uh, I don't Did have I? I don't have an answer as interesting in control, but it's definitely just got to be Anthem, uh, which almost feels like useless in a way because it's like no nobody, you know, Anthem <laughs> has no champions, but uh, I think it helps speak to just the larger rut of like oh, we can use shooters to try and tell a story. Like, we'll tell a story around a shooter, and then in order to propel you through it, we'll have the just excitement of moving your cursor around a screen and clicking. Uh, Or we can have no story, really, and the excitement will be uh, getting, you know, little shiny things at the end of clicking through stuff. And I feel like while there... While Anthem has so many problems before that, uh, or beyond that it's just it's like I, it, I think it speaks more generally to how empty that genre is and so whether you're Destiny 2 or you're Borderlands 3 you know it's the same you know 
it's not it doesn't I don't know, it's just terrible. It's such, it's such a terrible waste of time, and yet I think more games are trending in that direction because people see that it's an excellent way to monetize your time in perpetuity as opposed to, even in Call of Duty, having a 10-hour campaign and then you're done playing. Yeah. Um, are you still there, Ethan? I am. You were kind of like cutting out a bit, so I just wanted to check. No, yep, I'm here. I can hear. I can hear you guys. Uh, yeah. So it's just it's. I don't. Know, it's it's like the. I, I can't remember the last time I played a game as objectively terrible as Anthem. Really. Like, did you? I don't know if you. I, the more and more I thought about it, like months after the fact, and like, you know, going back to it to cover like updates or other stuff, I was just like, this. There is like nothing here. Like, I don't remember. It's like someone like invites you to a pickup game, and then you get there, and instead of a basketball court, it's actually uh, like a swimming pool that's been drained, and there's like two kids playing marbles over in the corner, and then someone's <laughs> like, "All right, yeah, uh, so you make that hoop, and then uh, some guy's gonna." I don't know, it just like was like, "What? What is this? This isn't a game." And they've obviously, uh, my colleague Jason Schreier documented sort of the tumultuous development that the game went through but even the sort of it just it's just funny i think similar to the control situation when you remove the small veneer of a good story or interesting world building or a good mood or vibe you just realize how everything else is like it's like when the, the lights come up uh, in the bar at two o'clock or however, whenever the bar is closed where you guys are, and you're just like, oh my gosh, what have I been, what have I been doing for the last three hours? I need to get, I need to go home. Uh, it's just like without that, I think you know a lot of people were rightfully like, this is trash. But it's not, it's not like the game was that far off from what a lot of other games do. And I've kind of almost wished that more people had engaged because you know people were complete. Uh, sorry, not to get long winded, but people were comparing it to the first year of Destiny or Default 76 uh, last year and it's like no this this game is like far and away much worse than either of those things were and I don't know it's it I, and I see shades of like Fortnite in there and shades of like Rocket League and just all these games where people are sort of instead of trying to do something interesting inside the game itself it's just designed to try and like uh, extract money from you six months out and nine months out. Yeah, there's some... There's something about it that's, like, really kind of, like, nasty, not in just the sense of the game, but also everything it kind of summarizes about uh, kind of, like, mainstream games right now in this moment. Like, you look at that game and how sort of, like, opulent it is in terms of it looks very expensive. It looks like a lot of people worked incredibly hard on making things that there's, like, really... The game itself is just telling you to ignore. Like, it just wants you to, like, more than a lot of games even, just, like, fly past all of these incredible details. And because everything is just, like, a backdrop to what ends up being kind of nothing which I think really helps highlight um, <laughs> how kind of like ugly 
the whole thing is like it kind of reminds me of, I don't know. of dc versus marvel where like some of those dc movies that came out and were panned rightly uh mm-hmm. where it's like a taste issue right where they're they're doing the same thing the formula is the same but dc oh, just right. sucks at it <laughs> like they just like don't know what they're, they're just yeah. making bad decisions yeah no, yes. it's like it's like when there's a uh you see it's like when you see someone who doesn't know how to how to tweet jokes on twitter uh <laughs> not speaking as like an expert on this at all but just like you see someone who just like doesn't get it and you're like oh and then they try and you're like that's not funny i don't know how to explain that to you but like that didn't work and yet yeah, that's totally dc and it's totally a game like anthem and it, you can see plastered all over it ea's fingers being like this is you know we're gonna we're gonna hop on that destiny train and people are gonna be playing this for five years and they're gonna buy new stuff every year and it's it's and but like and yeah it's not exclusive to that but it's also like then you see within the game all these compromises that were made in order to do that as opposed to tell a story or even just like you know there's a version of anthem that's just like a roguelike where you just go out and explore this world anew every like couple hours after you die and like that that's enough uh and instead they're like no you've got to shoot these hundred guys over and over again until you get purple stuff yeah i think yeah it's that's a good there are a few things i liked about that game but not enough that like, you shouldn't it's it, you should you should purge those whatever those things were it probably says something though that when did that game come out like march or april or something uh i think it was it was the end of february oh wow yeah and i i can't really remember what the things are that i liked about it at all at this point i remember liking the sort of um the feel of like the character moving around like the but that's fun for you know 10 minutes it hardly justifies spending like 50 hours playing through this thing and uh yeah yeah we would just drop drop that in the bottom of the ocean it's like i don't know yeah exactly um so i thought about this and i thought about different or yusuf did you have anything else you want to talk about you didn't play anthem right uh i did not i mean <clears throat> I, I, you made the right choice i did play a lot of destiny 2 way too much of destiny 2 do you still play destiny no and that's what the weird thing about uh, also the right what choice. it made me think about was like uh the you know once you stop playing it and you try and go back and you're like what was i doing where you're just oh, yeah, like, absolutely. what is like? And then, like, I'm still on the Discord with some pe- people like that I played with. And they're like, 200 k Nightfall uh, want to do this." They're like, "This seems so terrible. <laughs> like, I don't know why I ever thought that I would that I could do this. I can't do this. It is a bar when the lights come up. It's exactly that. Where it's just like, it's so overwhelming and silly. Like this made up religion of a value <laughs> system." <laughs> I, 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 it's terrible, terrible of me to say this because I like I have to cover the game now, but like it reminds me a lot of the end of my workday when I go to my Twitter tab and I'm just kind of sitting there refreshing for a bit because I like need to come down off of work. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'll just look at this trash yeah. for like ten minutes, but like it's I'm like so desensitized to like being able to engage with like anything real that like. I'll do the same thing. Well, I'll, I'll, it'll be like 11 o'clock and I'll log on to destiny. I'll be like, all right, I'm just going to like do some stuff for like an hour. And it's just like, it's, 
you know, some people could say like, oh, it's like my I'm exercising or like <laughs> my my meditation or like my I'm just sitting there watching like whatever games on TV and it's like, but it's not that. It's like because there's this like there's, where yeah, there's those no way things to casually approach it in that way. Right, and also like when you turn the TV off to like go, you know, you're like, all right, the next one or they lost. Uh, I I'll, I'll go to sleep now. There's no like. Oof, but you know, I could I could get that other thing, or like I got these to do. Like, like there's just it it it's this sort of toxic relationship that like doesn't it yeah like you said it doesn't allow you to be casual. And I think again this this goes back to like Anthem is a complete disaster and failure to do so. But if it had succeeded, all it would have done was been this parasite that was like had ingrained mm-hmm. itself in your life and all of a sudden it's like oh, i gotta make time you know like the thing i realized with destiny is like no i i should be able to like play for 20 hours at the beginning of an expansion and get the bulk of what i want to get out of it and be content to let it go but it's actually the opposite it's like 20 hours in is when you realize like oh i should play for like 40 hours or, or 60 or you know 100 you know for like the next three months and then it's like that's the opposite like a game should not make me want to play it indefinitely. I feel like it's the realization. As an old person with no time is what I've, <laughs> I'm coming to terms with. Yeah, an expansion should be content versus like a door into like a giant warehouse or like or a ticket to continue enjoying the thing, which is what the Destiny expansions are. Yeah, you, hey, you, uh, you want to log on to Destiny? You might win some Destiny bucks. <laughs> you can take those Destiny's bucks to the Destiny mall, spend them on some Destiny junk. It's like, no, 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 no. See, I've, I think I'm fortunate. Like, I have my, my own compulsions and stuff, but somehow they've never translated into that kind of thing in video games, where maybe, I don't know, I have a, a good ability to say, fuck this and stop. And so, like, with Destiny, uh, especially Destiny 2, like, I'll play through the main part of it, and then it opens up, like, this whole other list and says, like, keep going. And something in my brain just goes, but why? Mm -hmm. Like, I saw what there was to see. And I think, for me, a large part of Destiny, the joy of it is, like, seeing the areas, because I think that's the strongest part of of those games is... um, just like the art direction and in, in some of the like I remember there's like a part in like Taken King or something where you're like going through these it's like a network of caves and then it like opens up into these like giant bays um, that are really otherworldly and strange and I was thinking this is really cool and then when I've kind of seen all of those things and it's like hey go back there and fight the same dude again I just like so you can get like a better gun and I'm like well I like the gun I have well enough. I don't need to keep doing this. You fool! Um, you simpleton. But I don't, I don't know why. I've like, I I'm not saying that like I'm, <laughs> I'm by no means better about anything. Like, uh, it's just I have plenty of compulsive behaviors outside of video games, but that stuff's never like manifest. I've never felt like a strong urge to do all the stuff in a game, but. I don't know. I will say, if you just play through like the Destiny Two story and finish, um, it's a much better experience than just playing through the Anthem story and finish. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't like, think there's much contest there, or it doesn't sound like there is. No. Like the compulsion didn't doesn't actually work with Anthem. 
<laughs> so, yeah. I, I just to put a plug in. No, put a put a pin in this. Uh, I, the weird thing is, I think that like the problem is, I would never tell someone to play Destiny Two mm. if they were only going to play through the main story and then stop. I'd be like, that's just that's silly. That's like but I, I that, did it. And and and, and, and and I'm telling you, you're wrong right now. And I'm telling you, <laughs> you made an <laughs> yeah, epic mistake in your life, wrong, and you need you? to go back in time. Uh, whereas, like with Anthem, someone would be like, like like Destiny. It's like, oh, yeah, the game gets good a uh, hundred hours in when you're like deep in the grind. Like that's even now. It's like when when you know a new season's out, and I I'm like, oh, I guess I would recommend it for people who really like playing Destiny and want to keep playing more. They got all the stuff here. You guys can do it. Where, but like someone who doesn't, like, no. Yeah, why would you want to? There's nothing you can get out of it. I, I agree with you that I think they could do the the places to visit are all beautiful, and there's a really interesting. Uh, I think the actual the lore writing has gotten really good, uh, and like I think there's some <laughs> extremely decent like quotes and interesting stories on the back of a lot of the guns and armor and stuff. Uh, but the actual it's funny the actual story missions are just i don't know it's so terrible it's like yeah the worst i don't know it's it's like a uh like the worst episodes of the clone wars cartoon uh made into like a huge you know multi 100 million dollar video game yeah i know people will like really ride for destiny like the the fiction and everything is so interesting and i've seen you know, people screenshot descriptions, like item descriptions, and those like little cards that talk about things. And you're like, oh yeah, this is like actually like pretty compelling, and more compelling than like sort of video game sci-fi standards. But it doesn't show up in the game, so unless no, you're no, digging for it. Yeah. And I'm like one of these maniacs who will like read everything that you pick up in a game. That's why you like control. Um, uh, control a little bit too much. <laughs> it's, I don't like when a game, you know, I think actually, I think they talked about it. I think like Josh and Katie and Kyle talked about this on bad end at one point, but when I'm, you know, sitting down to read something versus when I'm playing an action game, like <laughs> it's like someone shoving a book into your face every, you know, five minutes and saying, read this right now. Like, I don't want to read that right now. It's not the level my brain's operating on at this exact moment, so stop shoving it in my face. Uh, but I do it anyway. That's an example of actually a compulsive video game thing. But in Destiny, it's like they, they hide it. You have to like you have to do some work to get to it, so it's really, really easy to ignore um, the stuff that's supposedly cool Yeah, it's, it's, that I'll never see. There's never a... I don't know why they don't try to insert it more into the gameplay because especially because they did something in destiny 2 which i don't think it did in destiny 1 which was in the in the um the what the hell are they called the weekly missions not they're mm. like not the raids uh the uh strikes where if you do the same strike twice they'll switch up the audio the voiceover like the, some of the, some of the conversations, there's like three or four potential conversations that might play out while you're doing that, which is a really good idea for doing incredibly yeah. repetitive content. And they could have just put so much more in there. Like, look at Skyrim; they put like goddamn reams of text in that game, 
And you didn't, you didn't really need it because, I mean, it's part of the game because it's so huge. But, like, something, something like Destiny, like, there are a lot of more... They have. They seem to. I would think they would have the the budget and the ability to do that to make something where every, where at every turn you're softening the repetitive repetitiveness of it by adding some some variety in terms of like and that would also allow you to like deliver a lot more lore um, in in a non text form which and and do it while you're doing something else which I think is kind of the best way to absorb it. And it would maybe give some greater feeling of worth than raising the numbers on something, right? Or getting, like, like if you're saying, well, I spent an hour playing this stuff, doing the same thing as before. But I don't know, maybe it's, like, what I look for in something. Yeah, I would or, probably feel yeah maybe it's, like, not everybody cares. Also, like, a lot of people are playing with their friends and are talking over it that's, anyway. Yeah, that's true. But, that's true. you know... I think there's something to that where it's like, what if, um, it's almost like in Dark Souls where it's like there are certain armor items that are hard to drop, and then but dropping them not only reveal sometimes people will, will grind to get them just to see to get what they this, their story, their mm-hmm. description, which is another game that uses that techn- that storytelling technique, um, and that's kind of interesting. I mean, it's kind of really frustrating. <laughs> like, it's not something I would recommend most games try to do. Like, hide their story yeah, behind, I, behind the grind. But I'm getting, I'm getting tired of that kind of thing, to be honest. Sure. Of like the yeah. implied, you know, I don't know. We all have things to do. I think it's mostly run its course. And, yeah. Is that is that why, is that why Death Stranding is uh, your worst game of the year? <laughs> no. I'm gonna tell you my worst game. Of the yeah, year. let's hear it. And it's so some runner-ups, which is not fair. You're really do, milking this. Like, <laughs> well, I'm not gonna explain that much. Division two. Yeah, sucks. I was, that, that's I'm sorry. That's another looter shooter where I, I meant to be like, yeah, it's like clearly this is a corrupt like formula that needs to be destroyed. Yeah, Division two is a little bit more harrowing too because I feel like it has a lot of the same kind of like hollowness to it as like an anthem or something but also like just i mean whatever i wrote a thing about it i wrote more about the first one i feel like everyone exhausted themselves who had something to say about the first one and then the second one came out and everyone was like we already did this Mm -hmm. and so i think got like more of a pass generally and a lot of people are like it's so much you know there's so much to do and it's like yeah it's great game did do well i don't know I never look at the sales of things. I have to admit that. I'm not good at looking at sales of things. I think it was well-received, though. Mm. Ethan? Uh, yeah, I think it did fine. I don't... It's, it didn't, I feel like you would know this. It didn't sell poorly enough for them to talk about it on a sales call, uh, mm. but I don't think it's done... It. I think there's still lingering issues of them trying to retain the sort of fanatical fan base that Destiny has. I think the... You know, Tom Clancy style games are a net negative on the world, and we'd all be better off if they didn't exist. Yep. Um, For like myriad reasons. Like, even when you just look at them in terms of, I had fun shooting stuff for 50 hours. Like, you can, can we not have fun shooting things for for 10 hours? Like adults? (laughs) (laughs) These games are ready to mature. Anyway, so whatever. That game. I'm just fighting words. Um. 
Uh, Outer Worlds I thought was really bad. Uh, I thought the writing in that game was extremely sort of like pandering and and unfunny, like sort of like Borderlands level kind of like humor. Um, And I feel like it's also a game that is not helpful in terms of the kind of, especially that it tries to position itself as being like a game about capitalism. Like it kind of tries to like really put that out there and it ends up basically telling you that, you know, maybe the corporations, even the most evil corporation is helping people. It, you know, it wants to sort of have its cake and eat it too, where its corporations are like making, basically making like food out of people and, you know, making products of blind people when they use them. But the game's also always like, yeah, but the corporations are like, make these people money. Is it the, is it the succession of games? Uh, succession's funnier. Okay. <laughs> succession's, succession's actually... way funnier. <laughs> Brian Cox is not in The Outer World. It would be really so. good if he was, though. Or Cousin Greg. <laughs> or Cousin Greg. There, if there's a Cousin Greg character... Oh, man. Really good character. If you could play The Outer Worlds as Cousin Greg, that would <laughs> really make it... Just every mission is just about shredding documents and <laughs> bumbling your way through testifying at Congress. <laughs> Yusuf, did you play Outer Worlds? No, I've actually been really good at avoiding all these bad games. It's <laughs> um, beauty of not having to write about every game, which I a privilege, which I relish. It's, it's, oh, so one of the ironies here is that Anthem uh, last year was my most anticipated game of 2019. Sounds which, like you got owned. Which, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very much. I remember seeing it at E3 and being like, you know, if this, if, uh, if the whole game's like this, this is gonna be great. <laughs> and uh, oops. Um, in my, you know, in my defense, the whole game was not like that. But Outer Worlds was another game where I was like, I'm really excited to do another sort of like uh, traditional RPG, but in space with like, you know, making digs at capitalism. And then the game itself, which I think is like infinitely playable like i think it has a lot mm-hmm. like it's very it's almost uh it's it's cookie cutter almost to a fault of being like all right i know exactly what to do to finish this game and to fill in these boxes and to talk to people as much or as little as i want and yes there's going to be this like these two factions on this planet and i can pick a side and if i really want to i can even expedite that and like just kind of like, all right, and I've sided with you guys, and now this is what happened, and on to the next planet. And uh, my question, my only question for you though, is like, what do you think? Do you have any specific examples of ways in which you think it is? Uh, I don't know what you would call it, but like accommodating towards capitalism, or like pulling the sort of centrist, like you know. But on the other hand, I think there is more than one bigger choice where. Uh, I think there's the one at the beginning where you go and you, you come down. I think it's like the first planet and they're like very fallout style choice of you can divert power to one place and it's either to the corporations like factory in this, in this big city, this corporation who you've heard is, um, you know, grinding its workers down into dirt and, um, the other places, this sort of makeshift city where ex-employees have run off to and started like this this kind of commune almost and they're trying to make a new kind of society for the people who have left to live 
and you go and I think it's you take this battery and there's some contrivance where you can give power to either the corporation or this new commune and so you think oh well that's easy enough I mean unless you're like from the Walton family <laughs> or something you're like I should give it to this commune um, but then the game's like hey are you sure because you know if you don't give it to the corporation there's a lot of people there who are going to be in trouble no wait now is that fair what do you mean the game it doesn't it like a character i think like says to you like hey think twice about this pal right so it was just says that is is it in the text or is it like the preface to the text of like i see i i feel like I think it's yes, the that's what that character would say. That's the centrist dipshit being like, well, you know. And I, I, so this is... Yeah, that's fair. Maybe telling on myself a bit, but like I remember back with Bioshock Infinite feeling somewhat uh, granting all the criticisms of that game, the, sort, the revolution that happens towards the latter half being like fully on board with like, yeah, this is great. And like, I don't... I, I think it was somewhat debatable how much of the like actually poor people rising up as bad was on the game versus people's feelings of how they should react to what they were seeing which is like revolution can be bloody and that can't that's not always uh bad or ultimately oh no a thing you should try to avoid like in in thinking of like the civil war as like yeah like if you if, if the civil war were like an obsidian uh moral quandary and it's like well you could launch this huge uh bloody conflict or you could accommodate these uh racist slaveholders it's like and then you were to see like and then three hundred thousand died in this war and it's like well yeah but that would that be the bad like i think almost part of it it's a it's a trick of the centrist ideology that to then view the results of the commune winning out almost makes you feel bad as if like the game like told you made you made the wrong choice versus like yeah the the people in the city are going to have a tough time getting out of that factory life but like that's ultimately a, a sort of necessary pain well yeah and that's what i mean like in the game itself is trying to tell you you should feel guilty about making this choice whereas i felt like well it's it's not something to feel all that guilty about but the game was like, I wish I had, you know, screenshot, like, the, <laughs> the relevant text or something. But it is, to me, sort of like a, a Bioshock-y kind of thing. Um, and Infinite, I think, makes it, like... Uh, I remember when I played it again a few years ago when we did a month of stuff on it. Yusuf, you wrote for yeah, that month Yeah, I read well. that month because I participated in it, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's the only, only reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, I think it's... Uh, is her name like Daisy or something in the, like, the yeah. revolutionary group? And yeah, she's like, a leader. And they like turn her into a monster who's like threatening to blow their brains off like a child or something. And it's like like that text. That's the game saying the revolution makes monsters of us all, you know? Like Plus uh, it also like it, it, it's not even you it's not even important to like the the characters who have the revolution are not important like to the story it's still about the main white dude and his daughter and his dad or whatever or himself in the past um like and then like at the end of the game like and it doesn't even matter it's really about your personal journey which like i mean a lot of like hero journey games are going to do like because that's just the nature of the the way they're going to tell those stories but there's something about like the attempted scope 
of a Bioshock as well, right? Where it ends up being yeah, I mean, like it's like very disappointing all that it the racism. It sure is a lot of racism. Well, somebody made the joke recently on Twitter about how like Bioshock Four, it's just going to be like the you know, welcome to some libertarian utopia, but the the leader of the next one will be black or something, and it's like oh see you know like. <laughs> Uh, you never know. It's like you know the ideology. It's I don't know. yeah. So it's just like I I agree that, that it's it's stupid. But I th- I I think it's um, I, and I agree honestly. I don't know why I'm defending this game because I totally agree that it's not no I, like it's... there's not an interesting outcome in terms of like it's not like you you ever get to grapple with the consequences of the choice you make. You make the choice. If your faction reputation's high enough, you get whatever bonuses, and then you move on. And it's not like, oh, I've got to come back to this factory town at some point, and maybe there is one person in the factory town that I cared about. And even though I care about them, they think it's shitty what I did. And even though I think they're wrong for thinking that, I like need to somehow like continue a relationship with this character. Like, there's none of that. Neck. It's like literally just like the sort of storyboard version of like, all right, that's it. It's a very like checklisty kind of game that's interesting to me because i was um playing neocab which is definitely up there on my list of good games this year and Mm -hmm. like obviously player choice is such a is such a overdone thing like discussion and mechanic and 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 and, um kind of thought process with games but in neocab there's player choice that you have to grapple with because it puts your character at risk, your character is vulnerable in a way that most protagonists of games aren't, and to the extent like where you can, you know, get you 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 are usually the strongest person in the universe, right? Because right. you can save and level up and all that. But in that game, like it's you know you're basically playing a, a cab driver who, in the future, and like uh, kind of an Uber type thing, and then if you defend yourself against a belligerent. Um, a belligerent commuter or not commuter like passenger they will give you a negative star which affects your ability to drive and cost you money and like you know it has like these repercussions that you have to keep in mind before you make your choice and it's all and so it's all, a lot of it is about making these compromises choices within a messed up system mm-hmm. um, which is interesting because like you're I mean in the end it's still a game it's still a construct but it, the choices that you're making are not just like which ideology do I like. Um, it's more just like how would I how would I react in this in the circumstance. And then and I think like telling a good story about like what what that what that kind of person's life might be like. I think there is a natural flip side to all of this in the game that is my favorite game of the year, but all come back to that <laughs> is this um, where we do the do the ad break and talk about mattresses i wish <laughs> any of you have any mattress connections i'll sh- i'll shell for casper are they they do anything awful <laughs> we should know if, <laughs> they uh, do. by the way actually <laughs> oh but don't worry about oh, it really i mean or they just like oh. are super competitive with the other there's a whole article oh. about the mattress wars that came out like last year that was like oh right super oh, funny i remember they're just like casper is a bunch of assholes and then and then there's a whole thing about away where they just like they've been spying on their employees like through uh slack like the luggage company oh beautiful oh yeah (laughs) so is you're gonna have slim pickings okay i'm gonna 
I'm going to flip this around <laughs> to the happy side in just a second, but I should note Outer Worlds actually wasn't my least favorite game of the year. We just went down a side path. It was one of my honorable mentions next to Division 2 and Wolfenstein Youngblood, which, whatever, I wrote a thing about that that explains it. That game blows. Wolfenstein sucks now. Yeah, not if a promise. Not a fan. The dream is dead. The, <laughs> the hint of something good. Uh, my least favorite game of the year is Kingdom Hearts 3. I think that game is <laughs> ir- absolutely irredeemable. Um, You're really playing with fire um, here. I, I don't care. <laughs> I've done my homework. What's someone going to be like, oh, you don't understand them? No, I played all of them and I talked about them on record. <laughs> Publicly. I mean, did you, did you all watch the Game Awards? Uh, they, I sure did. They aired that trailer, and I'm just, I'm like, that's they, that's they say those things. That's how they talk. <laughs> it's hard. Dude. I don't like. I do. I don't know how. I don't know. It is. Yeah, and then all of that plus you have Disney. You know, you have that snickering little fucking mouse capering around, and he's like wearing a wizard hat and everyone's like he's like jesus in it and i don't know it's just and then you look at the window at the disney blimps in the air (laughs) you don't feel so good about anything i really don't like that game i think it's like incoherent um and just uh, completely cynical and gross and but i don't know i yeah i talked to i think i talked to yeah i did one with astrid on that and one with Julie as well. Uh, Julie Muncy, friend of the site. So I don't want to like belabor it. It's not as interesting the way that maybe it, it stinks as something like The Outer Worlds. Or, um, let's, let's be positive now. Oh, yeah. Who wants to go first, Yusuf or Ethan? We should do reverse order. Reed, let's go. Me? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, can I? I just really quickly want to. <laughs> you want to talk about this about some this, mattresses? <laughs> uh, yeah. What if we just start doing it? It's like when those Instagram people pretend to have a sponsorship so that they can eventually get a sponsorship. Have you ever heard of that stuff? I have not. It, uh, that it's like seems you, risky. You act as a fake influencer in the hopes that it'll make you look more legitimate, so that you can become an actual influencer. Mm. Oh, like, this person has ads. They must be serious. Like, they're making money off of this thing. Yeah, exactly. It's a veneer of legitimacy. Well, we kind of ruined We're going to cut all this part out. And then we're going to go back to the fake ad. Yeah. (laughs) Razor mice. Do you Um, like razor mice? Do you like gaming at 100%? 10,000%? Wait, what kind of... I don't even. I can't even fake mouse. Use a razor specifications. X twenty three. With does it work? <laughs> <laughs> but does it reliably click on things? The clicking rate is out of out of control. <laughs> um, so the best ones. The only thing I was going to say is that some some that I didn't pick that are near and dear to my heart. I thought that game a plague tale was really good. Mm, yes. And it's also on my play list. That. Uh, you're probably going to then be like, oh, you talked it up too much. No, I don't like it. <laughs> when you play it. No, I played it. I don't know. It's on my list of games that I like this year. Oh, I thought you said it's on oh, your no, list no, no, to no. play. Yeah, I played it. Play um, that shit. Observation was good. Mm-hmm. Judgment was good. Pathologic 2 was good, although I got like six hours in and then I had to put it down. So you were like halfway, halfway through day one or something? 
Yeah, I think I mentioned this to you, Yusuf, and then yeah. I was like, didn't play it for like a week, and then I booted it up again, and I was like, I, I, come on, I gotta start again now. But it's excellent, but I can't put it on there, because I didn't finish it, I don't know it. You don't know yet. what happens at the end, maybe you, whether you save the town or not, you know, maybe maybe there's like a happy ending where you save <laughs> yeah. everybody. I was trying to get the good ending by only uh, dissecting and selling the organs of certain <laughs> child corpses. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the way to do it. Um, so my favorite thing, great year for games that start with the letter D. Because uh, it was really tough, and I think all of these games are really interesting for pretty similar reasons. But Devotion is excellent, and Death Stranding is excellent. But for me, it was Disco Elysium, which... Um, like, talking about those things of sort of like pick, playing a game like a role-playing game and saying this is the ideology i like so let me plug that in here and and have the game kind of like affirm even if it tries to like equivocate in in ways like the ways that the outer world does it never made me feel much of anything um disco elysium is a game that i mean it's really good in a lot of different ways but i think one thing that's really interesting about it is that you can play that game and say like oh well I'm this kind of person this is my belief system uh, sort of like politically and morally and the game will not so much be like do you slap the baby or kiss the baby it's like a little bit more trying to reflect like the different aspects of someone's personality and how they would react in different situations by not judging every step of the way although it does I think have like a very definite point of view um but it sort of kind of tests what you actually think when you're putting things and then it'll sometimes even just be like well you're reacting like a fascist or a centrist or a liberal or uh you know a socialist or like based on what you're actually doing rather than you saying this is what i am and so uh it's it's like maybe something that's a bit valuable in a period of time where a game is through a fictional setting like actually kind of testing what you what you believe in a truer sense and also telling a really i think excellent authored story too that doesn't uh there was some sort of talk about maybe the game like excuses like you could be a racist or um and the game will be okay with that like in a kind of all sides or silly kind of way but the game is not that it'll make you feel really bad for for being what it uh, clearly sees as as bad um anyway i don't want to ramble on too much about it. like we're also have been doing i've been doing a podcast on this game too with uh with kyle and josh from bad end so i don't want to like talk forever about it but it's a game that uh, kind of like end up feeling like a predictable choice in a lot of senses but I think it's it's something really remarkable and um, I'm happy it came out this year and it's a pick because it's also one of my favorites and just like maybe of the last five or six years um, so Disco Elysium is my favorite did either of you even play it? yes I'm, I'm, I'm only like halfway through. I, I have it on my on my desktop. 
on my computer hard drive. I pur- I purchased it on Steam. You should play it. Was it was a discount. Break. Um, a slight discount. Yeah, uh, no, I'll definitely I'm play be- it. Okay, um, it's been a bit busy, <laughs> but I hear I hear it's great. So I'm looking forward to playing it. I'm gonna be curious what you think about it. It's a game also that I felt in many different ways about as I was playing through it too. Um, Ethan, what do you think of it? I think it it is a difficult. Uh, similar to for the amount of shooting and combat is in control it's like is the game doing enough to make that worth it I think uh, sort of for the amount of writing that is in Disco Elysium like it's either gotta be one of the best written games ever or I think it's just it's hard to sustain there I, I like I had to turn the voice acting off for most of it because it wasn't it kind of was distracting me from there's just mm-hmm. i think there's a lot of ways to get hung up that can make it difficult if it doesn't uh the sort of sensibility doesn't immediately connect with you now i sit, i say that liking the game a lot and also liking it sort of takes uh uh joshua rivera had written uh our kotaku's uh games of the decade post which kind of looked at five games uh that came out in the last 10 years plus uh uh, why am I blanking on the uh, Nier Automata as like a sort of telling a story about like the culture of gaming and where it's kind of been moving and changing and shifting and it's interesting to go back to Mass Effect 3 and how PO'd so many people were about your choices in that game seeming to not matter and even more generally I remember a criticism of the dialogue system in those sort of Bioware games was always that you would select one option, but then your character would deliver the line slightly differently and in a way that sort of wasn't what you had intended. So mm-hmm. maybe you had intended to like reassure someone, but there was like a little snark to this line or like you had <coughs> intended to be stern, but really your character kind of like flew off the handle and got really angry. Uh, and I kind of like the way that Disco Elysium just sort of uh, runs with that and is like trying to sort of help people unlearn that like that tendency to want to sort of control the, all of those things like the sort of D like uh, all right well what do you do in this situation and then i get to choose exactly what i do as opposed to like for instance you know in a common D situation you can choose a number of things like a number of actions uh depending on what the dungeon master you know says happens in response to that as opposed to like the the decision making that went into what you decided as you were saying telling its own story and like what does that say about you that this is how you tried to game this situation out uh and so i think uh, for those reasons i agree that it's like both a really good game and also a sort of important game for moving past the sort of monopoly that i think uh, like this the libertarian idea of existing in a game world as this sort of white European avatar who can colonize and control things and remake them the way they want them to be versus like you navigating a world uh, and exploring, you know, these different consequences and trying to express yourselves through these limitations. Uh, So similar to uh, 
was it Neon Cab, the game you were talking about, Yusef? Neo Cab, yeah. Yeah, like, similarly, I think, I, I also, this is just me personally, like, I've become, you know, growing up, I was always into role-playing games, and like, oh, I want to, you know, have this hero fantasy, and this is how my hero will be, and this is how they'll respond to things, versus, like, you know, 25 years later now being like, mm, I'm much more interested in seeing this sort of, like, art that comes out of, like, whatever weird mishmash of uh, situations occurs. And so that's why, so mm-hmm. I, I think Elysium is great for, like, all right, you have this pedestrian situation of this police uh, detective investigation, uh, but then seeing all the ways that uh, characters can devolve and, like, recast themselves through those things uh, and just through dialogue. I think it's extremely interesting. Mm-hmm. I know you mean, the voices are bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's That's one thing. Like, the game is not... I'm worried that like everything I've said about it is is how excellent it is. I I do think it's <clears throat> like extremely successful at what it wants to be, but there are things the voices are are not good. I do think it justifies the sheer breadth of the of the text as well, though. By I think it's it's written. Um, I think like a lot of even like people say like Planescape Torment or something is is the best written video game of all time and I've tried to play that game multiple times but it's it's aggressively fantasy. It's like um, it's like people who think that like the Halo novels are like good books or something. I don't know. Well, but I don't know, right? Maybe Planescape like I've a lot of people whose opinions I respect are, are will say that that game is incredible. And maybe it is, but it's like I don't know. You gotta you gotta get onto the wavelength of like some of the most kind of indulgent um, purple writing. How do you think ever. a game like Elysio, Elysium gets uh, edited? <sighs> I have no it's just idea. all internal, like people passing notes back and forth. Like you think about like if you're writing that much for your own book, you know, you'd have this outside. Uh, publishing house who would like not all of their decisions or choices uh, would be great but like there would be this this uh, someone to come in and be like uh, hold up here like you know you're being indulgent here or like let's trim yeah. this back and so I wonder like for the, the development process for for games that are so text heavy and I, th- I think a lot of the most interesting a lot of the really interesting games right now they kind of get thrown in the visual novel uh, territory but like they are extremely text heavy and i wonder like the challenges of trying to create that in the political comedy of making games versus making like mainly text art i think you'd have to have a group of people who are working as collaborators on like a really incredible level you know like people who are really trusting each other but are also respect each other well enough to be like we can't do that you shouldn't be doing that like just think of i don't know it's like mind-boggling to imagine you think of how much work goes into you know all three of us know this on a limited scale right of how much work goes into writing a single article um and then you think of the amount of work that goes into writing uh an extremely long novel and the editing that has to take place to make that work but then imagine like you have all these other people who are basing their 
work on your work and everyone has to criticize and edit based on how all of that interlinks plus it's like stretched out over this format that doesn't allow easy review like when i've done like twine twine games it's like you know you have to like build all these branches that you lose track of and like the story will flow the even the flow of the story is is somewhat out of your control like you have like there's so much that you have to give up on i mean it's kind of like graphic design versus like web design where it's like if you just you had a piece of paper and, and like you're making the design you have total control but then with web design you have the web 2.0 ethos became like let the browser and the viewer um dictate the um the way things are laid out don't be so like constricting and like on on the experience Mm. especially with like smartphones and stuff so it's like Mm -hmm. that's maybe there's a a little bit of like letting go um and and kind of embracing a little bit of the chaos of of making something that is partially software yeah because there's like the utility is a big part of it too right like same like what you're saying and you think about also hey we need to have something that artfully accounts for some choices here and uh, i don't know it's uh and i think it's also i i know that there are it's obviously not all one writer but it's uh, incredibly cohesive despite that and it also pulls off to it's funny in a way that isn't aggravating uh, it's like funny in the way that a good book is funny um, but it also lands really hard when it wants to um, emotionally and sort of intellectually I think it's a really really good game that people should play if they like good games <laughs> But we're going reverse order. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else to say about Disco Elysium off the top of either of your heads? I look forward to playing it. <laughs> I, I, Maybe I, I'll I find it. I might. It's. I struggle. It's not like it's my problem. It's not the game's problem. But like, there are so many games this year where I struggle to like get into them. Like because it feels like there's this <laughs> like. <laughs> huge uh i don't know it's not it works the wrong word but it's like i'm almost afraid of like what the game's going to demand of me and like being pulled into especially with elysium where it's like you're being pulled into this person's psyche and like all of a sudden it's like i i i think partly it's it's what other games have conditioned me to want to do where like you start out and there's this body hanging from a tree and you're investigating this murder and it's like all right, you gotta you gotta pull the body down from the tree, and it's like, all right, well, how do I do that? Do I go over here, click here? Oh, and nothing's happening. Like, you know, like this almost this anxiety of like trying to complete the tasks that the my character yeah. within the game has been given as as the player, as opposed to approaching it as like, no, I'm not playing someone who needs to do these tasks. I'm playing this character who has been given them, but like can do other stuff, can live like it's it's, it's this weird. Uh, again like unlearning of all these other common game yeah. logics and trying to like imagine something a little mm. more freer i mean i had an issue I... with with pathologic where yeah where it's like you're not supposed to enjoy the game you're supposed to uh, you know uh get this uh basically learn uh absorb a story right or absorb you're absorbing a story interactively 
but then you're also in a game that is giving you tasks and is giving you fail failure conditions um, and then it also has clunky elements that is inevitable in a low budget game and there's so much that yeah where where the game fights itself as a medium especially because of all the stuff that we've learned on, the, on in terms of other games like in terms of like triple a titles especially oh yeah yeah and i think that thing about unlearning some of uh both of those games do that like pathologic is not meant to be um something that you're blazing through and you have a checklist and you're you're doing all your you know side missions and missions and making clear-cut choices and blah 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 it's it's a lot sort of messier than that in a way that is maybe more <clears throat> maybe more reflective of a lot of art that is not just simple and straightforward um and i think uh disco is like that as well uh and also in ways but like even what ethan was saying about you start that game and i started and i thought this is going to be too much game there's there's too much every time i walk to a different yeah. screen <laughs> here's a character who wants to talk to me for you know uh a short story length of dialogue and you think it's too much but the game it's like not the game's fault it's because you've been trained by these rpgs that you could play for like 200 hours and then you're done and you're like what what the hell was the point of that and i finished i did like everything in the game that i found in disco elysium and i think it was like 23 or 4 hours which is a long period of time but like if you're willing to trust that the game is not giving you stuff that you that is not important to show you like nothing in it feels like it's something put in to bulk it up um or to like nothing feels like a side story like everything kind of dovetails into what it's doing as a whole and but you, then you have to trust it and you have to be willing to be like yeah i'm going to spend this time and the game is is going it's like directed properly it's not uh, it's not just flinging itself out in all directions like a lot of RPGs. But I totally know what you mean, Ethan, and I think it's fair, but, like, unfortunate when people bounce off uh, something like a Disco Elysium or a, or a Pathologic and say, you know, it's like we've kind of, like, been trained for disappointment in a sense. So... We, we have Do you want to keep moving? Oh, sorry. I was just saying we just we, it, yeah. It's like with control where it's like, oh, at least it has shooting. You know, it's it's yeah. there are limits into what we expect and what we and those limits also prevent us from and from experimenting and 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 embracing frustration in games. So I mean that's fine. Like that's inevitable, especially when you're not when you're a little older and you also like are tired all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I this think is it's also a, it's like a weird year because uh, like i'm surprised how many people played and finished outer wilds um and like there's i have this bad inst like whatever i'm making my like top 10 list or whatever for the year i'm like all right i gotta like find some stuff that i really like that other people aren't already talking about or like you know, there's this sort of secondary objective of, like, trying to champion certain games that you don't feel have maybe gotten enough attention. And I feel like this year, the while I 
on the whole, I don't think there's many games that are like stand out as like, oh, this will be in in uh, 2025. Everyone will still look back on 2019 and these two games as being like blah blah. blah. But it's like they're, you know, Elysium has its champions, Outer Wilds has its champions, even like the end of the year rush everyone's like hey pathologic 2 is still you know it's there like there's maybe it's just the people i follow on twitter but i feel like there's been a number of lists i've seen where people are like uh like heather had it heather alexandra at kotaku had it on her underappreciated games of the decade and there's a guy writer i think from slant who written for buzzfeed was also talking about it um and it just like harder I feel like everyone has found a weird game this year that they really like. Yeah, maybe it's because the temples are have been so disappointing. That, yeah, and that I I think you're right, and that and that's also maybe partly indicative of, uh, or, iGen choosing control might be partly indicative of that. Like when uh, you're when you're wedged between Outer Wilds and Death Stranding, it's like control is the safe choice. No, Death Stranding, of those clear choice. What a what a game! <laughs> what a game restored my faith, where my faith had been. Uh, I mean, Kojima still sucks in all the ways he always sucks, <laughs> but showed that the dude can make a game again with some some brio, you know, some some guts, some passion. Anyway, I won't talk about that though. Yes, yeah, so you didn't pick as your favorite game, so you can't talk about it. I'm not allowed Thumbs to. I rules. already cheated and did honorable mentions. So. Uh, are we going reverse order, yeah, though? Ethan, so should Ethan's it be Ethan? Yeah. Well, so uh, Death Stranding is my favorite game of the year. Oh, what a segue. Um, <laughs> it's, now, Reed, uh, now Reed gets to talk about it. Congratulations, Reed. You got a good poll. I'm not a big this... Kojima person. Uh, Wait, is I, it actually? What? Yeah, oh, no, no, I'm not joking. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. That's <laughs> wow, there's low-key burns over here. Um, I d- I hate Metal Gear, not in like the sort of like objective world historical sense, but just like personally, like I really dislike the experience of trying to play those games. Mm. And it's almost kind of like weird where uh, Phantom Pain seemed to really like people were really on board as like a return to form this is it's like classic metal gear sort of like i guess after four was so story dense and full of cutscenes and weirdness and i remember watching my friend play it one night uh just like you know five hours of sticking people with balloons and sending them up into the air uh in like the middle of the desert just crawling around doing bullshit and then you know every once in a while there's like a boss fight with some weird person and like some mech stuff and it like starts to get a little more uh strange but and then people love that and yet i it's interesting to me that death stranding was a much harder sell for a lot of people where for me it's like oh no this is like it's still a very metal gear game there's still stealth there's uh weird the weird sort of like uh i i don't know if it's for so for a reason kojima seems to be intent on making all of his protagonists have like a very unwieldy relationship with like gravity and movement and their limbs mm-hmm. um and i think it's for as like when you tell people like oh it's a game about 
hiking uh, through America and laying cable as you're, you know, in being haunted by these weird specters. It's like a it's similar to Control. It's a very traditional game where like it's not it's not hard or unapproachable because of a lack of game systems it's like actually the reverse like everything has been gamified and there's mm-hmm. little point scores for things and uh whereas i think controls gamification of navigating this paranormal space was a bit sloppier and not fully fleshed out and sort of just cribbed like uh yusuf was saying from like all these other games that did it better uh Death Stranding feels like very methodically like here, you know, it's it's like they he took what he wanted the game to be, which was this sort of going west journey uh, and then methodically laid out like, all right, well, this is how we'll gamify this aspect of that. And this is how we'll gamify that aspect of it. And not with this, the sense of like, I don't I mean, maybe some people are, but like, I don't get the sense uh, and I never certainly felt that I was playing the game to maximize my scores on any of my particular journeys or trying to get as many likes for my equipment as possible. But mm. that having those sort of, uh, having all of that telegraphed in a language that I sort of already intrinsically understood made it that much easier to just sit back and enjoy uh, all of the mood stuff and the weird story uh beats which again like people are like there's always this it's hard because uh with social media i feel like there's always this race to outstrip one another in terms of like how i don't know how refined or cool or like hip or on the edge your tastes uh are but i don't like people are like oh you know death stranding is so weird and it's like i mean it's weird in the same way that it doesn't seem like a game but like i don't know that it's super gamey right but and like just like the stuff about like the bb's and uh you know like the fact that you carry around this fetus in a in a water tank like on the on paper like oh man that's weird but like also it's like i don't know uh like if you, there's a lot of weird stuff in games and comic books and everything that like but no one ever dropped yeah. uh, bats an eye to be like oh that's a uh, it's crazy. So I'm sorry. You you go into this castle and there's a there's a dragon and uh, he's got a kid called Bowser Jr. and they're stealing his princess and like there's like there's, Nintendo you know has Tumblr fan tumblers doing weird art of stuff that is ten times weirder than anything that's in a Kojima game. Or think uh, of like an Assassin's Creed, right? Oh, it's like, right. Oh yeah, you go and you you lie down in a pod and then it it somehow reads your DNA and sends you back through time. And then you're synchronizing memories of historical, like, I don't know. It's, it's sci-fi stuff. It's, it's like all genre stuff where if it justifies itself. Right. Like people are like, Oh, okay. So this, there's a, there's a buy-in on the premise and people are like, okay. So, but from there, everything, you know, is makes sense from, you know, in the context of what I've seen of science fiction movies and read in books and stuff. And, I'm not really doing a good job of making the case for Death Stranding, but it's, uh, I think it lived up to my expectations of being a very alienating experience, uh, 
and at the same time being a game that I actually really enjoyed playing and mm-hmm. uh, there were sort of like even like the way the, the death mechanic uh, I remember the first time uh, when I was being attacked uh, by I, I, what are you being attacked by? Uh, uh, the, it's like the they're the BTs the beach right. things yeah so are those the so those so the actual like uh animal like those are the bts or the animals are also bts okay you should be careful not to explain everything okay okay Um, yeah come on guys yeah so without going yusuf hasn't had a spare 60 hours (laughs) is that how long the game takes uh fuck that it's like i think i clocked in like 55 or something it's worth it uh sorry ethan Yeah, no, so I, I, without going into it, I just remember the first time I almost died, I was completely not sure of, like, what I was supposed to be doing. If I mm. didn't do the right thing, was I actually going to, like, have a, you know, have to reset? Like, you know, my character would be back of wherever. Uh, was I already supposed to know what I was supposed to do? Because someone already told me, and I just wasn't listening. And, like, there were... It's, it's kind of this weird mashup of being completely at home in this game because there are all of these sort of uh, guardrails of familiar game systems but then having them arranged and put towards uh such unfamiliar purposes that there's you're still able to be surprised and confused in a way that i think ultimately like helps i don't i don't necessarily know about the, the the third act but uh I think the it's the the most it's similar to my experience with Dishonored and a few other games this decade. The just the uh, the feeling of hiking through North America recast as like this you know Scandinavian you know rocky abyss was like extremely both unsettling but sort of. Uh, uh, not reaffirming, but I don't know. It just totally. I was like, I was in. I was in on it. Yeah, I think. Also, too, like, I wasn't joking when I said, this. You know, this was a. I could easily have. Oh, I know. You love this game almost, almost argued. self-consciously. <laughs> like you're almost like, wait, should I like it that much? Am I allowed to? I don't know. Well, I don't know. No, I. I don't care. I don't <laughs> care what I like or don't like anymore. I've been doing this for too long, and everyone assumes that you have some ulterior motive. But I like this game. It's, I think it's it's a beautiful game in a lot of ways. In terms of like what you were saying about even just uh, even just the first time you're you're hiking alone, and it's yeah, it's the uh, United States recast as like Iceland essentially. Yeah and it's haunting and then you see things there's such a, a really good and kojima has always been i think pretty good at with it depends on the game but this game really gets this this feeling of and i think this is like my main takeaway from it that maybe distills most why i like it although there are lots of other things that i like and don't like about it is that it, it kind of like really feels like it's honestly saying 
like someone who is truly understanding and tapping into what is terrifying about being a person um, right in this day and age um and, and and sometimes that's he not just he the the whole team uh creates that just through a landscape and loneliness and then he also or they also understand the sort of like really simple beautiful things um although the game doesn't end purely on like simplicity it's you know it's like this jar baby which is ridiculous but also you pick that thing up after you've hiked and almost died and you've been hiking for what feels like a couple hours and you know he takes the baby out and and rocks it and it you know was like blow little heart bubbles (laughs) in the tube (laughs) and it's just like little things and i think especially the ending of the game is there there's some stuff about that that really hits hard where it's it's it feels like the kind of the kind of expression of something that is um like it's not it's not saccharine it's not easy although i think a lot of people like to point out how blatant a lot of the metaphors and messaging are i think what's being discussed at length in this game is is maybe a bit more subtle than the obvious metaphors and it just feels like something that was like to me personally felt like kind of vital in in this time in this moment um to have something that acknowledges how awful um sort of the state of the world is right now and that it seems to be getting worse and that we kind of live in a time and he's done so much about this kind of thing in Metal Gear and stuff and Metal Gear Solid 2 I think is really paired well with this game where it says things are not great and they're probably not going to get much better but the same kind of mechanisms that have made the world so horrifying could be subverted but in really simple ways to sort of be the salvation of all of us on like a personal and global level and i think that's beautiful but not not yeah not pandering or simplistic or anyway i didn't mean to take over your your point no no it's it's all i i don't necessarily i don't know if i agree on the the hopeful aspect uh the hope and change aspect but (laughs) I think it's definitely, I, yeah, I, I think it does a good job. I mean, with the, the obvious uh, large caveats of that uh, Kojima and or his staff are, for whatever reason, still terrible at writing women characters, and apparently there's yes. no nobody willing to check him or his staff to be like, this is... Uh, it's, it's not like he wrote a game that was just all... Uh, men, it's like no, there are women characters, and they're uh, authorially undermined at like almost every turn. Uh, but I, 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 it's, it's again, it's like one of those experiences where even like the first I, people say that you need to like get to a certain point in the game before it like really kind of you get into the rhythm of it. But like I, I think the first three hours is like, you know, if it was like a demo where you play the first three hours of Death Stranding, I'd be like, I would recommend it to anyone who had like a PS4 or an Xbox, or I guess it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's an exclusive. So anyone who had a PS4, but like, I think it's a great example of like, uh, 
it delivers the sense of a lot of all the things you're talking about within the first couple hours and then mm -hmm. just spends the rest of the time letting you sort of mull that over and letting it bake yeah i actually when i had my list of the 3ds disco death stranding and devotion and i was thinking about well which one do i pick it's a lot of the stuff where uh kojima kind of or, or his team ultimately you get the sense that they don't view women as equal to men on some fundamental level like just as as whole human beings and i think despite intellectually thinking that they should there's still something that uh always undermines that throughout these games um and i thought well disco i feel better about in that sense of it doesn't have that big you know asterisk on it on the recommendation of it which is big uh we've been going for like an hour and a half so maybe we should go to yusuf you want me to bring to us home this. bring us on home this better be the best goddamn game well this is a game that has the seal of approval from the game awards <gasps> Sekiro Shadows wow. Die Twice that's right I'm the, I'm the only person with the game that is institutionally recognized um, <laughs> it's, uh, backed by Keeley yeah, yep. Keeley himself Keeley seal approval fucking loves it <laughs> use of tested Keeley approval <laughs> That's how it, yeah, that's how it works every year. I just make sure that we're, we're on the same page. I watch the game awards. Get together yeah. and have lunch. And <laughs> that's right. Uh, why Sekiro? I like that game. Um, I like it for the reasons, I mean, a lot of the same reasons I like Souls, other Souls games. Um, because it feels more meaty and weighty than a lot of games tend to it just feels like mm -hmm. you're you're pressing up against something that's really well built really heavy and getting and pushing it forward has a has a concurrent satisfaction that is unique in that way because it, it's so it's so resistant to casual um a casual approach in a very different way, obviously than something like destiny or, or an MMO where like it, there's an investment in larger systems. I mean, there are, there's an investment with, with Sekiro, but it's like, it's so much more. It's like moment to moment. Yeah. You have to, you have to be, you have to be giving it your whole attention. Exactly. Like you're not, I mean, there's probably grind elements to it if you want, but you're not really playing that game listening to a podcast and and half asleep like you do with a lot of other games and that's not really the reason i like it it's really just like i like it's yeah it's um it's form and it and, it, and it's and it's demand it, it, it's demands the demands that it makes of me as a player and also the, the way that affects how i see its world where it's something that is both beautiful mysterious extremely dangerous and that's always something i get a big kick out of like i really love the stalker games for that reason where they're i mean they have all the problems of a low budget game where they're really awkward to play but 
there's just something really cool about a game welcoming you into this world that they put a lot of work into, but it's also uh, every step is this monumental accomplishment because it's mm-hmm. so yeah there's so much friction uh well designed friction that makes the account the encounters really interesting and then it uh and i think that makes it that enriches a lot of other other parts of it um like the t- the mood of it you know like it it feels so attached to like to the difficulty of of the encounters like um it it's just really interesting to 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 wander into the, into these spaces that are so hostile and then figure out how all the pieces work and how all the pieces move and especially game, I like that Sekiro is also a very fast game unlike a lot of the Souls games um, mm-hmm. where you have the grappling hook and you can sprint through things and um, that is a, is a novel change and it make it, so it's like it's not it feels less like I'm just voting for the Souls game of the year. There's also parts of Secure itself that I think make make it really stand out as this just like a really impressive um, piece of media. Like the parry system is for me is just so interesting. Um, it's like a lot of games have parrying and counter attacks and all that, but because it's so it it's so difficult to play any other way that like yeah that it's kind of it becomes this like this this like bar that you have to meet and that then makes you think about it more it, the system is more deeply than you would in say like a Arkham game or a Assassin's Creed where you're just kind of casually counterattacking like in this one it's more like you're parrying for your life and it's in that way it's like yeah just like that that meatiness to it is so engaging for me like it just makes me like care about it so much more uh, yeah I love the way too it uh like I want to ask you about your feelings about the story as a whole sure. too but I think the all the from games like souls and bloodborne have always been really good at finding a a good reason why you should feel scared of the world or why you should feel like you're kind of pressing into something into spaces of a, a of an environment that maybe you shouldn't be going into that are not welcoming to mm-hmm. you as a player and i really like how Sekiro you're like talking about the the parrying um and how the game really forces you to learn that you have to get up in people's faces in a way that is completely counterintuitive to how quickly they can kill you um but then like kind of really makes sense as this character you're playing who has accepted death right who has accepted that that he's going to die it's why he's good at fighting um and i think also like the themes of the story of of rebirth and it's like a very buddhist game in a way that is i think fascinating especially how it like ties in uh that period of japanese history and like the brutality and maybe the sense of like futility of being 
alive at a time of just so much, you know, constant warfare and, and horror. Um, like, what did you think of the story? Like, I would say this is probably this or Bloodborne. I maybe like Bloodborne slightly better as a story, but like, I'm not always on board with people. I appreciate them when people are like the story of, of, you know, Dark Souls one is excellent or something, but I feel like sometimes it's hard to get the contours of it. Right. And this one felt like it was maybe the most sort of straightforward souls or from, uh, that kind of storytelling. And I thought it like really worked. I'm curious yeah. if like that was no, part I mean, of what I, yeah, I I agree I think it's like uncontroversially straightforward as a story like uh, you know I play the whole thing expecting like your little master to betray you and he's like nope he's just a good dude <laughs> he's just like yeah. just really, really likes the master and he's trying to do the right thing like yeah. it's almost like a like the most basic anime or something and, and that level that, le- that level of the story um, but yeah then it because it has a lineage it is still about digging into those contours and finding the the other contexts in the story that come through thinking about it further than you would just because like if any of the souls games like it's you're kind of yeah you're if you could, you could play it in a surface way where like you're just fighting these crazy ghosts and monsters and then at the end of the game like it's probably bad anyway like you're kind of fucked and that's like the game um, but then, like finding out, like in Securos, like particularly and Bloodborne as well, like yeah, kind of like all the ways the world is built and like all the kind of the messed up things about it that aren't Im- immediately evident is is really mm-hmm. really um, satisfying. And yeah, I really like that the the death mechanic and the fact that the the more you die, the more you are essentially poisoning the world. Um, is I I think it's great. I think it, it works really well as a device because it's punishing the way that pathologic is punishing. Where it's like, yeah, like you kind of like most games. Like if you die a lot, they, you know they they fl- they flip up the easy screen or like the mm-hmm. the difficulty selection screen. Do you want this to be an easier experience? It's like no. This is actually no. You are screwing up. Like you are actually like making things worse um and but it's also still allowing you to proceed it's not necessarily like over overly punishing you but it's also making you realize that the very active of playing the game is making the world a worse place and um and kind of it, it's like that weird contradiction of expecting players that have a certain level of pride pride in their ability and like and kind of hubris in their like in their ability to take on these challenges and stubbornness too you know like mm-hmm. it's so like common so it's such a comment on like the audience because at this point they know the audience so well uh where it's like yeah like i w- it's always been interesting to me that i have this stubbornness in me like we talked about compulsion earlier where it's like why am i like fighting this boss 20 times like it's just so weird that I can do this because I and I recognize that like it's not common and it's not a normal thing to do, but because <laughs> but because it's so fun and like it's so yeah it's so purely compulsive and like 
and just being able to like really learn like observe your your thought patterns shifting um as you like yeah. really memorize these different like animations i don't know it's just really it, it's that it will always be like a, a draw for me and then yeah on top of that i think the game is really smart about um kind of incorporating that into the narrative and building a world that's about just like the futility of of violence and and all and of trying to do the right thing and and uh and trying to kind of hold on to power and and uh in the face of you know uh the future and society advancing even like this everything in the game is like this kind of um relic of the past because it's like you know it's, it's, right it's about the kind of like the, this era ending and the yeah. centralization of power in, in japan yeah and also about a monkey with a sword in his head oh yeah it throws his poop at you that fucking that ape <laughs> that damn ape <laughs> damn dirty ape spent like a whole weekend fighting that thing over and over it was like you talk about compulsion like i'm, I'm not usually the kind of person who it is something it's, i think it's testament to something about the design of uh the from uh souls and souls associated games where like i will throw myself at something over and over and over when usually i would never do that and that that fucking that ape <laughs> And the first time it gets up, when you think you've won, yeah, you're like, oh, just, I can finally breathe, e- breathe easy. No, and it's just a great like <laughs> horror movie moment yeah. too. That, uh, yeah, Ethan, did you play? I did not. I have it sitting here. I bought it on a uh, Black Friday. Um, you should play. Yeah, it's really I'm intimidated. It's, yeah, it's I, really yeah, easy. I, Don't worry. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, easy. I, I, it's not long. I was one of those people who got caught back in the day in the uh, the Dark Souls 1 graveyard uh, where I was just bashing my head against Oh, you were skeletons. trying to get to the skeletons? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then someone was like, no, you, you shouldn't do that. You can go this other way. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I'm like, I've, every time I get into a new Souls game, I'm just like scarred, just like, <laughs> you know, like, it's like, it's like almost a, like comically, like a it type thing where like there's this voice that's like yeah you can't do this <laughs> you, you failed once you'll fail again you'll, you'll never do this and i'm like it's and it's just silly it's like it's just a game I mean, i'll just play it and if, uh, if it's not working i'll stop but it is like it's interesting i don't i feel like a lot of people obviously uh sakura won game of the year at jeff Keeley's 2019 game awards mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh I wonder how much of that was vote splitting among the other contenders because I feel like uh, at least in my circles, it's everyone's been like, oh yeah, it's a great game, but I don't think it's excited anyone in the same way it's excited you potentially just because maybe it's I don't know if like Souls has become its own little genre now, so as opposed to it being a very great action game that goes above and beyond and does all these interesting things, it's like oh yeah, it's another good Souls game. But is it enough now to be just a, another good Souls game after, uh, you know, like, I feel like Bloodborne and probably Dark Souls 2 being the other high watermarks? It's, uh, I think it's still impressive. Like, that's how I thought about it when 
I was like, oh, we should cover it for the site because we've never covered a, a one of the Souls games or Bloodborne or anything. And I kind of had that feeling, like, oh, it's, yeah, it's another Souls game. But they have a way, there's like something about the presentation and everything, and just the mood of these things, where it's like even, Ethan, what you were saying about, like, something, like, daunting after getting rocked by those skeletons on the wrong <laughs> path. But these games have a way of, like, you do sometimes have to think, this is a video game. Like, I, I shouldn't be frightened of, of this challenge. Like, I can just stop playing it. I can turn it off. But there's something about the way these games are presented where they're, like, they have sort of, like, the heft of, of myth or something where it, it's always, like, you know, the little plucky warrior facing down the giant dragon that it, you know... And there's, like, uh, there's a character to the enemies that happens because they're... Like, there's so much that goes into the animation and presentation of them where, like, most boss fights are bad in games because they're arbitrary and, and take and then add, like, mechanics to make it different. Um, mm-hmm. And and also the bosses are just, like... It's just stupid because you're just shooting them over and over again in the head like, or, like, in their weak spot. There's, like, so many, like, you know, um, tropes about, like, the the failures of boss fights but in like in like Sekiro and in, in games like it like you know this these characters these characters have so much like personality um yeah and then that is just like so fun to even like that makes going back to it really fun because you just like you you see something new every time um like Lady Butterfly oh my god like how oh, cool she's is so she <laughs> she's so annoying she's but, super cool but but like this like th- the like the way they like chuckle as you enter the arena <laughs> and they're just like you're back for more is just I can't get enough. It's like this masochism is in me. And this like yeah, this the way like they like they almost like reach through the screen because it's so because you become so intimate with it. Um and yeah, I mean to your point, Ethan, I do think that there is a there is like weight to the argument that yeah this is this has become like a genre and a niche within games like i this is purely like a subjective thing where it's like i'm like this is the game my game i don't really expect it to be other people's games um and i also haven't played a lot of the big games that like have won awards but um yeah, no, I, I think yeah. I almost I almost feel like it's unfair the way that Souls games have gotten thrown in, mm. and and this is just me projecting in terms of the way I've sort of like in, interpreted it, because uh, no one, you know, Mario they've been making the same ass Mario game for <laughs> sure. for twenty five years or whatever, but nobody would think oh, uh, another Mario game, yeah. you know that that's you know it, it's sure it's good, but is it like really great? It's like no, there's kind of like for some reason certain games seem allowed to be uh to kind of iterate and do the things that they do really well over and over again and other games sort of become uh uh like yeah like it's i don't know why sekiro or even the souls games are considered because i feel like if anything sekiro felt like one of the more uh un you could sort of recommend that to people and it'd be like oh yeah okay it's uh, samurai action, medieval, weird demons. Like this is great. Um, 
but it's uh I, I and maybe it is just so many people feel intimidated by the games that they don't get to the sort of more universalist uh like aesthetic uh, experience underneath yeah yeah it, it is, Which it is, is hard to recommend <laughs> for that reason you know it, it is like um for many it's it is somewhat unapproachable um yeah <laughs> it does <clears throat> it does ask for like a level of commitment that if there's one thing that is maybe a problem with games in general <laughs> is that they ask for a lot like not to and uh, Sekiro asks for a lot in terms of like concentration and patience and studying sort of whereas a lot of games just ask for a lot of your time and Maybe it'd be nice if going forward games were not universally trying to have so much of you, you know? I actually, I disagree. I don't, I think it's, uh, I feel like it's the problem is almost more like with myself. Like it's, it's almost, it's like when you think, uh, when you're doing some like daily routine activity, like making dinner and messing it up or like having a conversation with someone and being impatient or not really listening to them and you feel like oh it's just you know the recipe didn't make any sense or like this person's not being very interesting or whatnot but then like really Mm. it's like it's like no maybe the issue is that you're not like trying hard enough to like give your best energy in that moment for that task like even the idea of like you know playing most of my games at 11 o'clock at night like yeah you know that's that's not who wants that energy nobody (laughs) like that's it it, and and you know if i were going to start reading like a book i wouldn't and i were trying to like give it my best i wouldn't do that sort of thing but i feel like almost there's sort of a latent expectation that you can bring your most tired not engaged self to a game and it should be able to make everything fall into place and like okay yeah yeah that's yeah that's not what i was trying to say and so i think i like even as i finished saying i was like this isn't true (laughs) on the whole um because like a game like sekiro i i think maybe i'm thinking more of like games that are like 15 to 60 hours and could easily be a fraction of that you know them demanding that from from you but then you have something like a Sekiro like I spent a lot of time with it and I spent a lot of concentration on it and I don't feel like it was wasted I felt like I was I was uh, engaging with something that uh gave back in terms of you know the, the way you want any sort of like worthwhile art or entertainment to give something back for what you uh, the attention you give it, uh, Sekiro did that, but pound for pound, I want equal trade. Yeah, it's absolutely this like this special experience that is. Yeah, I mean, anything worthwhile is not necessarily going to be easy or easy to approach or to to absorb. Like, there's definitely games that I that I picked up because I just want to turn turn my brain off. Mm-hmm. It's a bit, you know, it's a, it's a valid a- aspect of gaming, um, but yeah, it's with with something like Sekiro, it's or any Souls game. It is 
the way I see it is you really you are you are like investing in the in that value system and in that in the common language that those games have and it only happens if once you break a certain seal uh, like like your skeleton graveyard thing but maybe inverse of that yeah. <laughs> where you're like oh this game is some doing something else or this right. genre is doing something that most games won't do because it's just it's really hard to do, right? It's really hard to make something that's so difficult but doesn't feel broken um, in a way that so many games, like especially Control, God, some of the dumb things that I had to re- redo and the checkpoint systems and the loads times. And Sekiro has terrible load times. I mean, like all, all late, late stage PS4 has been a nightmare for loading, loading things. But then, like, yeah, the, the ability to pull off... Um, something that feels you're like like you know even the first souls game your first the first boss is a giant like dragon thing that like sits sits, like sits on you and kills you instantly um i just like i really appreciate how honest that is there's a certain honesty to it Mm -hmm. um there's no obfuscation or hand-holding and that's been carried all the way through and um and so, yeah, the conversation feels familiar and also feels frank. Like my my interaction with the game, where I'm kind of, I I know what level is approaching me on, I know what expectations it has has of me, and of course, it like I still I'm still getting new stuff out of it and still surprising me. Otherwise, like it wouldn't work as a genre. Like every new game has to introduce. Like I didn't like Dark Souls three because I felt like it was really returning to the returning to the like the same pot without too much thought about it um and but like when they bring something new like with bloodborne with sekiro it's just so special and stands out so much from so many games that i can't help but be like yeah just like get swept away with it yeah i think that's fair mm-hmm. and jeff Keeley agrees with yeah. you so who are so we I win, mere mortals to yeah. argue <laughs> that's true yeah um so, any, any other thoughts on that, or should we wrap it up? No, I, just, I, I agonize every year, because I'm like, gosh, I didn't play everything. <laughs> I, this stuff I did play, yeah. did I even like it? Like, there's, like, it's so rare that I, like, find a game that I, like, almost unreservedly. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is, I, I would totally you know sell someone on this without immediately thinking of all the reasons why maybe they actually wouldn't like it uh and yeah i don't know like i was reading polygon's top 50 games of the year or whatever which at that point is like just a list of good games um of the yeah, year <laughs> yeah yeah 50s well, a, a one and, and like almost 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 all the games on there are like very are, are that i've that I played at least are all very decent or like totally worth like checking out um but then you're just like yeah like i don't know this it's like all the games have been talked about. I don't know. And I always struggle to be like, what is like really, I don't know what, what am I by the, by the end of the process, I'm just completely confused and unsure of what I'm even trying to get out of a game. Yep. <laughs> I, like what, I, what, like what bar do you measure it by? Or like what, like how, how do you systemically choose? Especially like when, yeah, they're, everybody's using a different measuring stick right like i played uh 
this game, uh, I think it's called Ken Androids Prey, uh, on Itch.io, and it's like a very short visual novel with a, it's a really great soundtrack. It's like 25 minutes or something, and it's just these two uh, mech pilots that have crashed, and their fuel one of their they're both incapacitated, and their fuel t fuel tanks le uh, leaking, and so they they think that they're uh, going to end up blowing up at any given moment. So there's sort of like uh, end of their life existential conversation back and forth, and it's like really excellent and surprisingly so because I usually don't I usually struggle not to uh, wince every time I'm reading like a visual novel type game, but but then I'm like I don't is this like is this one of my games of the year? I don't know. Like I, I it was like I really liked it for all these different reasons, but then I'm like I don't what is it like? It it's so different. I just feel like the variety of games you can like compare at this point like uh, island is another it's like a city builder that is sort of very minimalist and stripped down where you're you're building a city and getting these different bonuses by positioning different things uh very close together and so it's a very sort of like networky effect type game but there's not really any kind of management it's very much just like a puzzle game of placing little uh, icons and then watching your city grow uh, and it's like another really small great game and it's like I don't there's no I, I can't I could do mental contortions all night long and not find yeah. a way to measure and compare this with like Death Stranding that definitely like, well, I, I was going to say that makes it the, the, the breath yeah the breadth of the field is like really weird for judge, I mean it's true for a lot of different media. Um, with games, you get you really see this this split, especially like with like micro indies and alt games and stuff. Like I was thinking of like like in New York, there's Baby Castles, which is like an arcade sort of, but they basically just host host a space for to people for people to showcase these micro indie games. And you should walk up to the thing and you play it for like a few minutes, and you're like, oh, that's interesting. And there's like so much value in that, because it is like a it's like closer to looking at like a painting in a museum, right? Like you're not taking it home and like st yeah. staring at it for fifty hours. Like that, there are like I think the the crux is there are different ways to actually um, be an audience or to observe uh, to, to to observe games, right? Like and these giant. Triple uh, A titles that are there to maximize how much time you spend with them are are after such a different form of engagement than an, something on Itchio, which is like so putting them all on a list. I mean, you can. I'm fine doing that. Like, I definitely have indie, indie titles on my top ten list, but it's definitely like. There's also a, a, the, the, the worry that like your list is going to be so esoteric that no one cares about like, no one cares about it. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, I don't know. I always just try to think of, and this is like always how I approach uh, reviews and like review scores as well is trying to imagine if this is a few years from now, uh, is this something that and this is not the you know the only metric, but it's the only one I can like apply and then feel okay about uh, using this like a, a metric is how how would I feel about this um, 
years from now, maybe, like, looking back. And that's, like, mostly worked for me. But then, like, last year, I was really stuck between my two favorite games last year were Red Dead Redemption 2 and Paratopic, which are, you know, right. like... <laughs> right, that's a perfect example of, like... And and then I maybe, like, and then I kind of said, well, Red Dead 2, like, sort of hit me a lot more. But then I'm like, you know, it's the equivalent of reading a short story versus reading uh, a series of books back to back to back, right? Like... Like reading all of the Game of Thrones novels or whatever. <laughs> or like, yeah, versus, like... Yeah, like a, like a, a New Yorker story. Yeah, <laughs> like, so they're different things, right? But I don't. But know. it's okay because yeah. it's subjective and it doesn't really matter. Like if it's something that's of value, then and and yeah. plenty of itchio games are. Then it's I think it's worth boosting it because the the best. Yeah, and that could be like a, a noble, a noble result of putting a, a top ten list out that includes games that people may not have heard of. Yeah, I think it's always try to kind of good too to try to uh, as much as possible not not perpetuate the like siloing of these are indie compared mm. to big games. So you know, it's just like, well, what did it, what did it do for you as a whole? I mean, there's, there's a whole other conversation. I don't want to. <laughs> it's getting late. <laughs> Shouldn't start talking about so, genre stuff. W- and... One last quick thing before. Uh, before we end, did you both play Outer Wilds? No, I downloaded I, it to my PlayStation. I, I I will play it soon. Yeah, don't don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> oh really? You didn't like? It? No, no, I, I, no, I don't. <laughs> Wait, are you, talking, are, are you talking about Outer Wilds or Outer Worlds? Outer I'm Wilds. Outer Wilds. Oh, I'm leave them both. Wow, <laughs> damn! Some people really like Outer Wilds. No, I know, and that's why I would not say. Then yeah, there, there, there's nothing to talk about. I'm, I'm curious to hear what you <laughs> what you think once you're finished. Yeah, yeah, and I was completely joking in terms of don't play it. Like obviously, the the stuff that works about that game for people, like it, it just it did not it did not work for me. Despite me really plugging away and trying, and like at a certain point, even having Josh Calixto of Bad End like essentially like coaching me like <laughs> Le- levi rubeck also like who writes for unwinnable uh like being like hey, try this like try go here at least see this like <laughs> oh, it's like it's like the equivalent of like taking your kid to like stargaze and they're just like eh, who cares <laughs> like right. yeah like oh some lights uh but i know that like i, I respect what that game's doing it just did not connect for me at all hmm. in a way that me explaining would probably just make me sound like an asshole so good to know no I mean, it's, it, that's interesting yeah no, i'm a jerk no maybe i'll hate it too you never know i'm I'm the one who hates the top 10 game of the year no the number one game of the year according to <laughs> ign Yusuf, if you're you're split your loyalties between ign and, and the game awards <laughs> i think i'm on the right side of history here the game uh, the game awards I think they they're going places. Yeah, they're not going anywhere. They got that subway money. Oh yeah, that subway sandwich <laughs> money. And look at subway. You got subway in every corner. All right, that's, that's that is still somehow in 2019. People love those no sense. that dry bread and rehydrated <laughs> vegetables. So and meat that all <laughs> just kind of tastes like a a fridge. Yeah, like licking the side of a fridge mm-hmm. would taste. 
so uh, they're they you know I think I'm I'm bet I'm betting on the right horse here. Well, I hope so. Only posterity will will show. It shall uh, prove me right. If if we were correct, um, are we okay to wrap up? I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. I think we are. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Ethan, you <clears throat> you first. What what do you want to plug? Obviously, people can find you at Kotaku. Uh, yes, they can find me at Kotaku. <laughs> uh, uh, I wish I had something to plug. Um, I don't even remember what I wrote today, let alone what I will write in forever. But you should go to the site and check out Kotaku's uh, top 12 games of the year. What I like about uh, our list is that we just list the games. And it's in no particular order. It's just, it's just 12 games everyone Kotaku liked. No blurbs. Just you know, just read it, look at them, check them out. I like blurbs, but but we, also... but we do spend we spend you know, uh, it's a it's a real death march deciding on the list. But then once you you decide, you just kind of throw it up there. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't uh, who cares about the order? You know, some people. You know, it's uh, gotta have that number one. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, so. Go read Ethan. You can go on on the uh, Kinja family of websites, and if you see <laughs> yeah. an Ethan article you like, <laughs> for as long as it still exists, don't say that. <laughs> don't let's come on. We're supposed to end on a positive note here. <laughs> uh, you can click on turn off ad click blocker. On... Click on Ethan's articles. Yeah, <laughs> let the let the let the videos auto play. Yeah. Just uh, and... turn your mic your your microphone down or your your headphones off. And do that for mine as well, please. I'm a freelancer. I don't even have severance if, if if I'm no longer able to write for uh, one of the fine families, one of the fine members of the families there. Number one um, uh, internet correspondent for the AV Club. No, I'm not number one. You are in our hearts, Reed. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you can... You know, you can follow people on Kenja. I don't know really what the purpose is of doing that. <laughs> people I follow checked. me, and I'm like, wait, are you, are you checking your, your Kenja feed for uh, <laughs> latest posts? How many followers do you have? Uh, I don't know, maybe like uh, 100 and something, or 50 something. Uh, it's probably, it's, it's yeah. just like, it's it's just low enough to be like, who are these people? Yeah, power, no, Kenja power users. I, each and every one of them, I imagine, is a good person <laughs> who follows me. <laughs> uh, anyway, so follow Ethan and Ethan. Your what is your Twitter? Your name is always like American Truck Songs, which is funny. It's, it's at Ethan Gatch. It's just E T H A N G A C H. That's the yeah. It's American Truck Songs. Eight. It's a uh, they make they used to make American Truck Songs albums. Just it's a, songs truckers would listen to, I guess, on the road. Even though they were vinyl, so they could only listen to them at home. There's something yeah, about yeah, the, the truck uh, with a portable record player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about like that. That do you still have like a, a Gizmodo Onion Union symbol? Yeah. And, okay, so that compared like next to American Truck Songs Eight is just a strong, <laughs> like a sturdy sort of like <laughs> greasy ball cap, like rolled up sleeves, kind of kind of uh, brand you have going there <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, Yusuf. Oh, what do yeah. you want to plug? Uh, well, um, I am, you know, I am wrapping up a couple of things, but the main thing, obviously, is my column at Unwinnable, 
which I write every month, and I, I just this month's magazine's gonna be this month's column's gonna be good. It's coming out pretty soon, and I wrote about Star Wars, which was not the Fallen Order game, which was not my favorite or worst game, but it was pretty bad. Mm. But it's also fun. But it was, has some issues, and I wrote about like kind of the the why they shouldn't have been like a white guy <laughs> running things in the game. Yeah. Even though he's a redhead, wasn't it enough? Um, so that's coming out soon, and uh, and uh, look for me on bullet points where I will be editing and writing and participating in this glorious critical website that that I think is doing some of the best work out there. And I say that objectively because I'm not yet participating. But when I, if I say that next year, then I will be completely biased. You'll <laughs> be completely compromised. <laughs> yeah, so you can trust me right now. No Except further. that that was part of your contract, is that you had to say that on the first <laughs> podcast in which you remember the site. <laughs> how, many, how many years will it be in 2020? Uh, in August 2020, it'll be four years. Nice. It's a lifetime. Yeah. It's... In, in alt, uh, online tiny micro publications it's wild <laughs> you think of what was going on in 2016 in Oof. august no wait yeah 2016 a rag Christ a rag tap drag tag group of freelancers getting together you know never missed a, a month never that's pretty impressive month. yeah and until this month so and just wait till my rain you're gonna be missing months left left and right <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'll be like, send it back, send that piece back. It's not good enough. Oh, things pa- are gonna be pause the presses. Gonna be, t- gonna be a tighter ship around here. None of this <laughs> lax that's right. shit that I. Um, now we're having ten rounds a piece, ten rounds of oh edits. Christ, yeah, no, I'm gonna leave the site then. I'll leave it to you. <laughs> <laughs> gonna drive Yusuf, into the ground. You're, you're at you me. You. I am. Um, yeah, you, me, you on Twitter, and that's where you can find me. I'm going to link those as well. Um, and then in terms of site what? stuff... Hello? <laughs> can you hear me? Read? Yeah. Hello? Oh. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 I'm back. <laughs> oh, <the> weird. fuck? <laughs> Is this thing trying we to actually, die? We actually just started recording, and we're back at the beginning <laughs> of the podcast. No! <laughs> <laughs> no! It's too late. So, what's your worst game of the year? Oh, it's like Groundhog's Day. Mm. Um, so, yeah, what was I going to say? Uh, you can find me at Reed and Carter and then other stuff, bullet points. Uh, but the stuff to mention is this is like the, the last piece also. Uh, former bullet points editor Ed Smith and I uh had the we recorded about four hours of podcast which will be up by the time this is up <laughs> picking a best and worst game of every year uh of 2010 to 2018 and this is the last piece of that puzzle i'm sorry you know, it was, it was i keep thinking i, I keep way. thinking of like what the the people that hawk like doomsday food you got like the <laughs> 10 gallon jug of like i don't know like rice <laughs> meal or whatever and just like that's like the the podcast equivalent, like four hours get you through the apocalypse. You can just, just real hearty stuff. Oh yeah, no. Between 
Saturday and now, we got six hours of podcast for you. You could drive. Well, I don't know. I drove. I drew. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I drove through. That's what um, they do in Canada. <laughs> Juvin around. You could, you could almost get through one province with a six-hour podcast. Ooh. Um, depends which one. Anyway, yeah, there's a, a shit ton of podcasts, so please listen to those. Though I thought those were, were fun, and also a little like kind of bonus unintended thing is Ed and I were also kind of talking about throughout that about kind of like what it's been like to be um, whatever you know whatever section of the games press that we've managed to work within as freelancers and Ed as a staff writer for a time and uh, everything throughout all that time, which is maybe interesting from a you know old men sitting around staring into the fire rambling about their the old days kind of perspective so you guys basically reenact the lighthouse (laughs) i haven't seen that yet but i imagine it's got that kind of tenor to it Mm -hmm. yeah just getting drunks yelling at each other yeah (laughs) it just breaks out into the the curse or whatever the (laughs) trident curse yeah Uh, i gotta see that i don't would not put it past him uh, so there's all of that to listen to, and then the site stuff is good stuff. It's all part of this whole uh, end of 2010s kind of thing, and we've been running articles. There, are, I think by the time you hear this, it'll probably be three out of four. So uh, Tara Hillegeist and Will Parton, and I think Astrid is next, and then the last one will be Cameron Kunzelman. Those will be up there, and then the last thing too is that all this stuff now is kind of we've um partnered up with uh the trio at bad end to do the super culture network stuff to kind of lend each other a hand where possible and and kind of you know stand united a little bit because we're doing i think stuff that's relatively complementary and and i don't know i like their stuff a lot so check out superculture network the website and the twitter account and um and listen to savoir fair which is the first collaboration we're doing which is me with uh josh clickstone and kyle kirkstell of bad end doing that and then i guess i have nothing else except you should go to patreon because we need money always we don't make enough money to make any of the shit worth it especially when you do six hours of podcast uh patreon.com slash bullet points until we (laughs) until we get our casper mattress thing and then the last thing i wanted to say there's too much stuff to plug but the last thing i wanted to say is uh um thank you very much to everyone who has shared the work or told people about it or especially if you've if you've been able to put a little bit of money into the patreon uh this stuff is i always think about this at the end of the year is enormously difficult to keep going and to justify doing and it's at times really tempting to shut it down because it's often feels like i don't know like not a good use of time uh and not maybe providing things that that people want or need um and so thank you to everyone who's uh you know helped in some way and especially yusuf thank you for coming on board and i think and dan freeze who did the site redesign i think 2020 is like feeling kind of like juiced up again you know oh yeah 
Yeah, you, more, one, one of the more last, fuel in the tank. One of the last standing. You gotta, you gotta well, the, come, come back stronger than ever. The good thing is, I mean, if you just do it long enough and stick with it, then every other website will die. Yeah, or see if uh, you guys can outlast unwinnable. No, I don't want that. I can't. I can't defend that. No. Also, unwinnable is the true. Or rock. vice versa. You know, it's 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 battle royale of uh, alt publications. I win either way, or <laughs> slash yeah. lose either way. <laughs> My goal is to sell bullet points on winnable in a, in a transaction so lucrative. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the most lucrative game space uh, or space in in business is independent games. <laughs> tens of dollars are at stake here yeah i want that sweet like 25 dollar pay mm, mm-hmm. all the itchio bucks you can, <laughs> you can stuff in your pockets yeah <laughs> pay what you um, wish to buy bullet points <laughs> <laughs> that also actually reminded me of the other thing we didn't plug so you, should go buy, <laughs> you should go buy okay hero a book we did a book this year oh yeah uh, congrats again Thank you. Me and Ed wrote it, and Astrid helped us edit it, and it's on sale. And Dan Solberg did design on it, and it's uh, I'm proud of it. And it's on itch.io. I'll I'll link it in the stuff. It, that's what made me think of it. Hmm. Uh, it's all about the Metal Gear Solid games. So go read it, suckers. Should we wrap this up now? It's a long like end of thing. It's all good. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Should we all sing Auld Lang Syne together? Yeah, dude. Okay, who's, who starts? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh... uh... <laughs> I'm trying to remember how it went. Oh. If all acquaintance be forgot. And, uh, I don't actually want to do it. It's going to be... I'm I'm be singing tougher. it in spirit right now. I don't yeah, actually yeah. know the words. <laughs> uh, keep doing that for long enough and just fade out on it. <laughs> All right, thank you. It's been Yusuf. it's been great. Thank you guys so thank much you, for having Ethan. me. Yeah, Yusuf, you didn't keep doing those melodies. <laughs> <laughs> All plans. Fireworks! Fireworks!